eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Welcome in another edition of Green and Growing. Uh, it is the Milwaukee Bucks beating the San Antonio Spurs 125 to 121 and uh, we tweeted out earlier tonight that we're gonna be doing this post game podcast uh, people are like boy i wish you would have been on after the pacers game have no fear we'll get to the pacers game too we'll do that as we get a little bit more into this plus all-star voting results are our early results are in we can touch on those two before we get out of here i was keeping an eye on marzion's twitter account throughout this game because i wanted to see the emotions that he was going through versus maybe what i was going through because i was pretty pissed off watching this game I was pretty pissed off watching the Pacers game. Now, I I will tell you that I I am the first one to tell you, and I've told friends of mine, dude, it's the regular season. Just calm down. Like, none of this matters until we get to the playoffs, and then we'll see. I'm going to tell you what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about, A, playing young, athletic teams that can get out and run and provide more energy than apparently this Bucs team is capable of. I'm concerned about that. Now, again, Rockets are coming up. So we'll see if the same problem persists. But Indiana twice, now the Spurs, and you've got Popovich and timeouts going, hey, you know, pretty much they put their pants on like we do. Quit being, you know, starstruck by the Bucs and focus and just play the game the right way. So he was trying to calm the team down, and it worked. They even played Weminyama at the end of the game, and it was a great duel between Weminyama and Giannis. But what I don't like is lack of energy, lack of effort, Brooke Lopez, not good at all. Not running back on defense multiple times when I saw it. The one pass he threw to Conton that got blocked, he took a good half a second to a second before he made the pass. He should have caught that and whipped it right over there. He was open, took his time. I'll get it there eventually. And over there it gets, and then it gets blocked out of bounds. Lopez was infuriating to me tonight watching him play the game of basketball against the San Antonio Spurs. So, yeah, I- I'm pretty pissed off. The ending, very, very entertaining. Giannis hits back-to-back threes in a close game. If he misses them, I'm losing my mind currently on the post-game podcast for him taking those damn threes. But they went in. That's fine. Wemby with a huge block on Giannis. That got everybody excited. I saw Marzian tweeting he liked Wemby Yama. Uh, that's good. 
Um, hey, look, it's hard not to like Webin Yama. The dude's a stud, right? I mean, I, I get it. Uh, no big deal. Uh, Marzian, I, I'm done ranting for the time being. I have more, but I'll, I'll stop here so I don't take the whole podcast and talk the whole time. So uh, your turn. Go ahead. No, it was it was definitely frustrating, you know, to see them struggle again on defense and, and a lot of the same stuff happening and a couple of times where they're just like pressuring full court and you're like, what in the hell are you doing? Like it just allows a very easy bucket down low. Yeah, Lopez was very frustrating to watch. It has been for the last couple of games of just not really bringing it on either end and, um, you know, ended up nine points, four rebounds in 33 minutes. And so, yeah, he, he's been very frustrating. Um, I thought I thought the the overall defense in the first half wasn't that bad. I thought the defense in the first half was they were hit. The, the Spurs were hitting a lot of contested mid-range shots, which is what the defense is designed to kind of give up. And the Spurs were making them, and it was like, okay. And they got a little bit hot from three at the end of the, the half or at the um, you know end of the first quarter. Second half, I thought the defense did get worse. I thought the defense allowed more inside stuff. And as you said, kind of um, allowed the Spurs to run on them a little bit more. Um, I thought Dame had a pretty good defensive game overall. I mean, there was that one time he bid on a pump fake with Vassell, who had monster game as well. Credit to him. He had 34 points, 14 of 21 from the field, and 6 of 9 from 3. Um but other than that, I thought Dame had a pretty good defensive game. And so, and really everything except for the three-point shot from Dame was good tonight. He had 10 assists. He had no turnovers. He was 9 of 13 from 2 where he was driving to the lane and, you know, ma- making his layups and stuff like that, finished with 25 points, 10 assists, no turnovers. So I thought I thought Dame had a, had a really good game, but just outside of the shooting um, the, from the outside. And, you know, yeah, I mean, overall, the, the bench, the bench, too, it's so drastic. I tweeted that, too. I was like, it's so um, easy to spot the the drop off from the starters to the bench. You know, as soon as the bench lineups come in and it's Giannis plus four bench guys out there, it just feels like, man, we have no firepower. We have nothing outside of Giannis. And, you know, get, again, getting Drake, Jay Crowder back will help that. But it's probably not fixing it. It's probably not completely changing it. Mars, yeah. What about starting the fourth quarter with Payne, Beasley, Bochamp, Connaughton, and Lopez as your five? That's should, what you he, started the but, fourth quarter with. But there, it he, it showed why he did that because Damon Giannis came in and scored twenty five out of twenty six points to win the game. What about Middleton? Where was he? he what did it show for them? He was out. He was out for the second half. They announced right. he was out. Right. And, and this was his first time playing back to back and oh good. Middleton's going to play back to back. We're all excited. And then we get to the second half and there's no Chris Middleton. So hopefully he's not hurt or something or he's not. They said, they, they said he's, they said he's not hurt or anything. They said it was, he's on the second night of a back to back. And if they, if they hadn't played him, they would have gotten punished by the league with that all-star rule thing. And so they said they had it kind of designed that they wanted to play him in the first half, play him his about half of his usual minutes. And then they'd rest him the rest of the way. I thought the All Star rule was you couldn't rest two All Stars. So I don't know. That's what they star that was resting. That's what they said in the broadcast. They said something about how he was an All Star in twenty one. Yeah. And so they they could have been subject to punishment for the league. That's what I. That's what they said in the broadcast. I don't know. I don't know that was that on this podcast. I thought it was you. I thought it was two All Stars at the same time. I thought it was two as well. Maybe it was just. It it might have just been whatever. Either way. yeah. But but that but that having those five guys out there, you were setting yourself up to, to have a problem. And that's exactly what happened. You ended up having a problem. And then on top of all of that, you start talking about inside in bench points. Look at Bucks Film Room tweeted this out uh, earlier. The, now, this was before the game. The Bucks have given up 334 points in the paint in their last five games. 
That's 66.8 per game average, which is last in the NBA, six points behind the putrid Wizards. Last in the NBA. And Brooke Lopez and Giannis are these great shot blockers and guys who can protect the rim. So what the hell is going on, Marzian? Number one, um, it's a lot of that aggressive scheme that brings those guys out more and that yep. therefore yep. outside of the paint. And then that's easier for teams to score in the paint as a result. And number two, it's, I mean, again, as much as, as good as Giannis and Brooke are, they don't play every minute. And so when you have a, 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 your backups come in, they've been really bad at defending the paint. You know, Bobby is a terrible rim protector. And so as a result, every time the bench units come in, you know, and, and, and it's Giannis or Dame out there or Chris out there with four bench guys, the, the rim protection's awful. And so in some of those stretches, and, and again, that's what I think I've seen most of the year is, you know, the starting lineup hasn't been terrible defensively when they do have, you know, Giannis, Brooke, Chris all out there at the same time, it hasn't been terrible. Now they've had bad games. They were bad against the Pacers, you know, even with the starters on the court and everything, but it's been much better than the minutes where you have Bobby out there with pain and, you know, one of, one of Giannis, Chris, Chris or Brooke or Dame instead of two or three of those guys. So um, it's, it's a combination of both the scheme and then the bench units just really hurting their rim protection. And I mean, again, they, they've, they, they've gone back to the drop at, at points, like the, the heavy drop at points um, and bringing Brooke lower back in the drop during this season and it's, it's worked decently well. And there's times they go a little bit back to the aggressive stuff and it, it just doesn't seem to be working. It doesn't fit their personnel. And um, you know, again, as a result, they're getting kind of shredded in the paint. Uh, Rainbow Trout uh, comments on the YouTube uh, Odyssey Sports YouTube page where we're streaming. You can also, of course, download it, uh, the audio version of this on your Odyssey app where you download your favorite podcast. That says uh, Sparky, why was Adrian Griffin hired? Please be honest. Well, I'll tell you the same thing everybody else is going to tell you based on reports. That was Giannis's hire. Giannis wanted to play for a former NBA player. It's something he's apparently pretty adamant about. So if that, that was his hire, because of the last three, he was the only former NBA player, to my knowledge, of the guys that were there. So Adrian Griffin got the job because Giannis wanted to get the job. And guess what? He's going to keep the job as long as Giannis wants him to keep the job as well. That's kind of how this whole thing is going to work going forward. And I got people asking me on Twitter, well, do you think they'll get rid of Griffin midseason? No, I don't. Look, this is the deal. Deal is, and I just, in fact, I interviewed Keith Smith today uh, with Track and, and uh, Front Office Show or whatever, uh, and it'll be up on the 1250amthefan.com website uh, tomorrow morning. Interviewed him earlier today. And you can go listen to it yourself. And I said about Griffin, I'm not going to freak out until we get to the playoffs. If we get to the playoffs and there's no adjustments, and they get run out of the playoffs early because he's not making adjustments, then I agree. Then it's time to move on and go, and this was a mistake. But I'm going to give him his time and his space to figure this thing out throughout the course of the year, even though I was pissed watching this thing tonight. I was pissed watching the last two Pacers game. Like I get why everybody's mad. Totally understand it. And you're all saying the same things that Nathan pretty much just said as well. So I understand why everybody is mad watching this and everybody's expecting them to be better. But remember what? They had the second best record in the NBA coming into this thing, I think. I mean, so it's not like they suck. It's not like they're the fifth or sixth seed in the East and they're trying to figure things out while being that bad. They've won their fair share of games. And right now they're going through a thing where they look zapped of energy uh, and their defense uh, is getting torn apart by younger, more athletic teams. Does that pretty much sum it up correctly, Nathan? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And and like you said, I mean, I don't think there's any realistic chance he's getting fired mid-season. So just stop asking for him to be fired. Like, stop even bringing that up. It's not happening this season. They're not firing him right away. If they lose early in the playoffs, then absolutely, you can bring up Fire Griffin and really talk about that. He's not getting fired. You can talk about what he needs to change. You can say, you know, okay, I'm kind of skeptical. You can say um, they need to be better. They they need to do this and that. But don't sit there and keep yelling, fire Griffin, fire Griffin. This is a mistake. Fire. It's like, it, it's not going to happen. Stop. Like, this is his season. They hired him. And I don't believe it was 100% just because Giannis liked him. Because, you know, he met with multiple players on that team. He met with Chris. They had meeting, several meetings together with players. And they came to that conclusion. Um I don't think that they would have hired this guy if it was just, well, he, he sucks, but Giannis likes him. So we're going to hire, like, they wouldn't do that. They, you know, and what was Giannis's thoughts on Nick nurse? I mean, that's the other yeah. thing. Cause there was a lot of talk that Giannis maybe didn't want Nick nurse who ended up going to Philadelphia. And obviously 76ers are playing pretty well right now, but even with Nick nurse, Nathan, I think this defensive scheme is probably the same because this is what they ran in Toronto. I would assume it's very similar to what the, what he would have ran here in Milwaukee, even if Adrian Griffin wasn't the coach. Yeah, people do forget that. I mean, he's literally Nick Nurse's assistant, so it's not like this would be a drastically different defense under Nick Nurse. Now, I think Nurse. I mean, again, Nurse being a veteran, Nurse being you know, you you trust him more. Yes, I get that, and I I personally wanted Nick Nurse, but so I, I but it's it's I don't know as much as they did. I I don't like we don't we weren't in those meetings. We didn't know what they talked about. We don't know what Giannis thought. We don't know all of this stuff. So at the end of the day, I'm like I don't know about this coaching decision, but like. I just have to trust that they're making the right decision, that they did what was best for them. And you hope it works out. You hope he gets better throughout the season and that they can maybe make a move to get him some better personnel, another defender to, to help this scheme a little bit. And you hope it works out at the end of the day. But like, again, stop yelling to fire Adrian Griffin. Like it's just, it's not, it doesn't, it, you're just yelling into the void because not, they're not going to fire the guy. It's not going to happen. Let's talk about something else. When they hired Adrian Griffin and we had this conversation, my concern was, the guys he coached under, Nurse tends to wear a team out. Uh, Thibodeau tends to wear a team out. Skiles tends to wear a team out, right? And not only does he wear them out, but by the time you get to the playoffs, you know, th- their teams tend to be tired and tend to, r- to run themselves out of it by the time they get to that point. Do you think it's possible right now that this team is just tired from playing this defense they're playing Brooke is tired of running all over the freaking place, trying to play this defense. And they're kind of like in that need of a real break right now to kind of rest their legs and kind of get themselves re-energized. Maybe they're just zapped kind of of energy right now. And that's why this looks so bad. I think, I mean, again, that's some of it. And especially on the second night of a back-to-back, you are a little bit tired and you're going against two, the the last three games are going against two young teams that, that thrive on playing fast and thrive on, pushing the ball in transition and against a team that is a championship contender playing in early January, that is just still kind of getting going. It's they're, they're just not going to play as hard as they will come playoff time. And we saw them play much harder down the stretch of this game. Like you, you can see the flips, the, the, the switch flip where all of a sudden guys are closing out harder. Guys are 
getting back faster. Guys are really, really trying on the defensive end much harder when the game's on the line and when it's like, okay, like let's, let's, you know, get our, get our shit together and do this thing. Um, you can see that, that, that switch flip. And that's why I'm like, okay, it's not just that they all suck completely defensively. You know, we, we, we've seen them several times this year, early on in the season, especially we've seen them so many times in the clutch play good defense, really ramp up the intensity and like, okay, the starting lineup plays good defense. And so that leads me to believe that now I don't think they will be, you know, at, at, with this team constructed as, as of right now, like I, I wouldn't ever expect them to be a good consistent defense in the playoffs, but I think that they're going to be better than they have been in some of these regular season games where the first three quarters, like just, I mean, face it, like it is not as important as a playoff game and the players probably don't take it as important as playoff games and, and, and late in the games and intensity levels and all that stuff. You can think whatever you want about that. You can say, Oh, you've got to bring it every night. But the reality is it's an 82 game season. These guys know they're playing for a championship in April or in, in June rather than winning every regular season game right now. So naturally you're going to let up a little bit. And it's when you're playing against teams like Pacers or like the Spurs who are, you know, this, this is like, they don't, they're not thinking about June. They're not thinking about the finals. They're not thinking about a playoff run. They're thinking about right here, right now, trying to win all these games. And that's not, this is not the only reason their defense is bad by any means. I'm not at all saying that, oh, they're just not trying. And, and as soon as they start trying, there'll be a great defense. No, but it's the part of it. And I think that um, you have to kind of take that into account a little bit and just accept that that's, that's some of the reality that they're not going to have that intensity level all the time in the regular season. And um, I mean, again, you hope that they ma- make some personnel changes and can get to a better level than this. You know, they're at a pretty bad level right now, allowing 120 all the time, 140 against the Pacers. You want it to be better than that. And, um, you know, you hope it gets there. But for right now, that's kind of what they're stuck with a little bit. And again, you look at the numbers tonight. Uh, Giannis, 19 to 28, 44 points, 14 boards, seven assists on the night. Lillard, 25, 10 assists, uh, one of six from three. And that was from like, uh, I don't know, somewhere outside of the arena where he took that shot from. That was the only one he actually made uh, in the game. Not a single person in double figures off the bench, as we talked about earlier. The closest is Bochamp with eight points, three of eight shooting for the Spurs. 27 for Webb and Yama in 26 minutes. 10 of 18, nine boards for him. 34 for Vassal, 14 of 21, six of nine from three. Two guys in double figures off the bench for the Spurs. Go back to that three-point shooting for the San Antonio Spurs. At one point in that game, they talked to, I think it might have been early on in the game, I, I want to say. Uh, and they talked to Adrian Griffin about, you know, uh, you know, his thoughts on the game. He said, Well, you know, we got to defend the th- guy to defend the three better. Man, and nothing changed, man. Second half guys were wide open with all the time in the world, taking their sweet time, taking threes. And the Bucs to a certain degree got lucky because you saw the Spurs, you had two or three guys miss wide open threes with all kinds of time, uh, especially that last one. Wetman Yama passed up. Uh, an opportunity to kick it to the corner and the guy missed a shot uh, that was wide open. They didn't, they didn't lose that game at the end because you know, the Bucks defense was stifling and wouldn't allow them a shot. They lost the game at the end because they couldn't hit a three point shot when they needed it. Uh, and meanwhile, the Milwaukee Bucks on their side of the floor couldn't, and they really haven't been able to really kind of get going where they were able to get into a rhythm with guys shooting threes. Lillard's been in a funk for a while now. And I said it during the Pacers game, we'll get to the Pacers game next, but, Dude, when Lillard struggles, it like it zaps energy out of this Bucks team. It's like they all kind of just 
come down to earth like, oh, man, he's struggling tonight. It's going to be a long night. That's what it kind of feels like to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not how it plays into their mindset, but that's what it feels like. And when Lillard gets going, I feel like they get going as a team as well. Yeah, and um, as far as leaving shooters open, I will say that the two guys that they left open, the one that they kept leaving open was more by design, Jeremy Sohan, who's not a great shooter. He's he's improved this year, but it's still one of those like, okay, prove to me you can make some shots before we start guarding you. Um, so that was kind of by design, especially when you have Wemby playing a really good game and Vassell playing a great game. You're going to gravitate even more towards, towards those guys and say, if – Jeremy Sohan and the guy left open on the last possession was Trey Jones, who's a 22% three-point shooter. Like, I in that last possession, I genuinely, like, when he shot that, I was like, fine, go ahead. Like, that is that is the same percentage, essentially, as Giannis taking a three at the end of a game. I'm like, go ahead. You know, if he makes that, whatever. But, like, I'm glad they they ran at Devin Vassell. I'm glad they ran at Wembenyama to make sure those guys didn't get shots up. And it was like, I'll live with a Trey Jones three. I will live with it. It looks like a bad possession. It looks like they got lucky. But, like, that is by design. Um, and then like, that's knowing your personnel. So I'm glad that they, I mean, I know those look, look super bad, but I'm, I wasn't too upset about those. And as far as Dame, um, you know, again, I, people think he's been, it's, it's, there's a lot of recency bias with this stuff. I mean, if you ask people, like, it seems like he's been in a slump forever. Um, the, for, for 20 games prior to, the last, the last three games he's played. So in the last three games, he's now four, four, 23 from three. But in the 22 games before that, he was 41% from three. So it has, it's been three games of Dame really struggling from, from outside. And, um, you know, he's going to have games here and there where he struggles, whatever. That's every single player to ever exist. But I'm not, I'm not super worried about it. I loved that tonight. And even in the second half of last night's game or in the fourth quarter, a little bit of last night's game, he started going to the or he was going to the paint and finishing. He was finding other ways to kind of make an impact and, you know, still ended up with 25 points, 10 assists, no turnovers in a game where he did really struggle from three. But in that fourth quarter, he was getting to the rim at will. He was finishing. He, he showed you why you trade for a guy like that, because in a game where he's shooting like crap and, you know, normally and I'm just using Drew as a comparison because that's who you traded. But when Drew would shoot like that in the playoffs, he's putting up. 10, 12 points, you know, and, and shooting four for 20 from the field and, and one for six from three. Well, I mean, Dame ended up with 25 and 10 assists and no turnovers. Like, yeah, he shot bad from three. That doesn't mean he had a bad game. And again, I thought he was pretty good defensively tonight. I thought he tried a little bit harder on that end than he normally does, or at least gave a little bit extra effort there. So I thought it was, a, I thought it honestly was overall a good Dame game. Even in that first half, I kind of said that I was like, he's got, he hasn't shot much in the first half, but he's got seven assists. He, he doesn't have a turnover. He's played better defense. Like, yeah, his shot's not going down, but whatever. Like, he, you know, he'll, he'll get going. He'll, he'll eventually make shots. He's Damian Lillard. And, um, you know, if that's if that's one of the bigger issues with this team is Damian Lillard shooting, shooting threes and, like, oh, is he going to get his three-point shot going again? I mean, I'll take that issue all day long because that's going to fix itself very quickly. 
He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Bucks over the Spurs, 125-121 in the Giannis versus Webb and Yama battle. A great battle there at the end of the game on TNT. Download this uh, fine podcast on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast ad. You can also uh, watch our stream lives on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page like we're doing currently here on Thursday night or you go back and watch the videos later. To quick time, I'll come back. I want to talk about that Pacers game last night uh, and what happened there and should there be concern about a possible playoff matchup against the Indiana Spurs or the Indiana Spurs. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Indiana Pacers. That's next here on the Green and Growing Podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on green and growing, Steve Sparky, Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan. Uh, make sure to go check out 1250amthefan.com if you haven't here recently. Andy Herman, back a day podcast uh, earlier this week, talking Packers football. Really good interview with him. Then we had Jake Kokorowski on the website today uh, from Badger Extra, uh, talking about a disappointing Badger football season. And tomorrow morning, Keith Smith will be up on the website. Interviewed him earlier today from Spot Track, talking about the Bucks, uh, the Eastern Conference. Uh, and the NBA overall. Really good interview with Keith. Make sure to check that out, too. He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Let's talk about the Pacers. Now they've won four of five against the Bucks. I had on Sirius uh, XM NBA radio earlier today, and I was listening to Rick Hamla uh, and Antonio Daniels talking about uh, that Bucks pacers game, that Bucks pacers series. And Kamala is like, hey, man, like, I don't want to face the Pacers if I'm the Bucks. Like that, that's not good. And you know, you take the Celtics now in the East and da 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 da. And Antonio the answer is like, no, wait a second here. If I would have asked you, Rick, back when the Lakers were done with that uh, in-season tournament, who would you have taken against them in the West? You, you said they would have beat anybody except Denver. He goes, and now you're not going to say the same thing. He says it's January. It's a long season. Everybody's just got to chill out and relax and see what the Bucks look like when we get to that point. And fine, I'll give you that, and I'll say I agree. Wait, but man, like you, th- there is a big, big time problem with the Bucks against this Pacers team, and we could talk about youth, athleticism, shooting, uh, whatever the case may be. Confidence—they have lots of confidence when facing this Milwaukee team right now, and they already have issues dealing with Spolster and Miami. It seems like. Uh, they don't need more issues with another team where it's a possible two seven or something like that. Uh, and you got to deal with the Pacers in the first round. Cause I will tell you right now, I will be worried about that series. Uh, if that's how this thing ends up lining up by the time they get to the playoffs, I'll tell you that right. And it's January. I know it's January, but they're not going to age five years apiece by the time we get there. Uh, and this Bucks team isn't going to get any younger. I don't think at the trade deadline. So from that perspective, I get very concerned uh, about if they have to match up with the Pacers. What about you, Nathan Marziano? I 
very, very, very much hope that they face the Pacers in the playoffs because you like torture. That's what it is. You like torture. They are going, you want to put it, yourself through it. It no, it is, it is. Now, do the Pacers have our number in the regular season so far? Absolutely. Of course. They've won four or five. They they absolutely, you know, kicked our butts the last two games and you know deserve to talk a little crap. They they really um they they, they punked us, you know, they got us. Like good for them. But facing a team that's young five times early in the regular season, they're you know, it you you talked about this where you're like early on, teams can play like this all the time. They can play this running gun, fast pace, do that all like, and they're gonna be trying a little bit harder than the Bucks to win these games. And um, the first game, the Bucks didn't have Damon. They almost, they, they, they should have won the game. They were up very late, big, and they just kind of choked down the stretch, but they didn't have Damon. They should have won that game. And if they had Dame, they would have won that game. So I don't look at it as like four, one domination. It was, it was basically three, two. If you take into account that they lost by a game by two points without Damian Lillard. Well, the uh, other time Giannis had 64 though. I mean, you can't rely on Giannis to get 64 in order to win basketball games against a team in a seven game series. No, but they, I mean, they had to change their entire defense to make sure he didn't do that. Because the first three games, games he averaged 50. Now, the other thing I was going to, that gets to what I was going to say before is, if they're going to double Giannis like that, I am going to trust that Damian Lillard is going to be better than he was those two games. You know, I don't expect him to continue to shoot that poorly in a whole series against that team. So, I'm like, I think that would be much better. I think that they would be just so fired up to play that team. They'd be... It, the intensity level is a, a totally different level that that Indiana hasn't even experienced. So, I I would totally want that team in the playoffs. I think that you'd have time now to kind of you'd have much more time to gel, get things together. You're not playing them all at the start of the season when you're kind of figuring things out and they're all amped up and they're all ready to play. Um, I want I really want to play that team. In the I I'll be honest with you. We we did our podcast after the first game. So the first game was New Year's Day. We did our podcast Tuesday, and we talked about the first game. I'm on New Year's Day. And I was convinced that when they came out Wednesday, this was going to be a motivated, pissed off Bucks team. Because Giannis even talked about after the game, like, hey, man, we lose four. I mean, he was four in a series. They Bucks haven't lost four to a team. I don't know when the last time that happened was. I haven't seen that stat. And maybe it was out there and I missed it. But I couldn't tell you the last time with Giannis, they lost four times in a season to somebody in a regular season. So I thought for sure, okay, they're going to come out in Indiana, fired up, motivated and put it on them and make sure they realize who the better team is. And it did not happen. It it did not happen. And instead, you allowed the Pacers to feel even more confident. I mean, Halliburton's at the line going, one, y'all got one game in the regular season. One game, that's what y'all got. Running his mouth, Wisconsin kid, obviously feeling himself because he grew up here, he's watched the Bucks, whatever. I'm sure loves the fact that they're beating Giannis and the Bucks. You said they're going to come out fired up uh, and do something. Uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I hope so, but I'll tell you this much, and we don't know what Adrian Griffin's going to do, but if you're going to tell me it's Adrian Griffin versus Rick Carlisle in the playoff series, I don't I, I don't like my chances if it comes down to X's and O's and coaching decisions. Now, I like my chances when it comes down to best player in the series. That's still Giannis, obviously. Second best player in the series, providing he's shooting well, is Damian Lillard. Then it's Halliburton at that point. So based on talent, the Bucs should still win that series. But if we're talking close games and having a diagram plays and do different stuff late in games, I don't know, man. I, I don't know where I'm at on that right now. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll change, but Carlisle's got a title. Carlisle's been in these things a million times over, just like if you get matched up against Spolstra. That's why we go back to talking about Adrian Griffin as far as, hey, look, if you want to ask for Adrian Griffin to get fired, fine. Let's wait and see what happens in the playoffs and go from there. 
that would be the fear factor, I think, going into this thing, Nathan, in a playoff series against a Carlisle or a Spolstra would be how does he handle late game situations in in tight games when they're in it? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, of course, you know, and that's that's something that he's honestly looked pretty good with it so far this season. I mean, the Bucks have been one of the best clutch time teams. They've been much better than they were offensively in the clutch um, with with Bud and Drew. Um, so, I but I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'd love the coaching matchup. I just believe that this Bucks team would. Be, it, it's a totally different game in the playoffs. It's not You're even right. like it's almost it's almost a different sport. Like it's just yeah. it is. You know, you can say, okay, yeah, they should have came out fired up on Wednesday. And, yes, they, they should have. And it's not like they got absolutely beat down from the get-go. But, I mean, they had, they were up a half. But, they, um, you know, the reality is it's like it's it's not the playoffs. You know, this isn't something like Halliburton can talk all that stuff about one game and he can be talking in line. It's like, dude, it's January. It's January 3rd. Like, go ahead and talk. Go ahead and talk. Um, but I just – this team would be fired up. This team would be um, – have a, have a totally different intensity level. I mean, I, I like the Giannis matchup, obviously, in that matchup. And, and if you're going to stop Giannis, it's going to leave other guys open. And, you know, again, you would just trust that Dame's going to knock down the shots that he missed, you know, especially the ones last game. He missed like six shots that went in and out. And it was just like, man, he is just, it's just not his day. It's just not going in. It's just a little off right now. Um, you would trust that he's got that stuff ironed out. You'd trust that for the most part, he's going to shoot well. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't fear teams like that as much because it's like, at the end of the day, if you can't beat that team, you're you're not winning the title to begin with. So like, I want to yeah. like I want to go through them. I want to I want to beat them, and that could you know totally propel them to being like, hey, you know, we just we took down that team that just beat took, got four from us in the regular season, and that you know carries them further in the playoffs. I, you know, again, I, stuff like that is it, I just doesn't doesn't worry me as much. You know, now if I could avoid Boston great. That's totally different because I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't, like I don't know that they can get by a Boston and you know, you, you, it's like, I I'd rather just avoid playing them, but um, the Pacers stuff, like teams like that, it's like, not like give me them. And, and I trust that our guys with the talent level difference would be able to, to shut them up and, and get past them. Well, they're not going to get by much of anybody. If Brooke Lopez doesn't play better than he did tonight in the last game because he was awful. Uh, oh, I, I got one more for you. I, I want to get to the all-star voting, uh, early all-star voting results uh, in the next segment here. Uh, but I, do you think between now and the playoffs, this defense will change a lot between now well, and the playoffs if, if this defense struggles? It all depends on it mainly depends on if they make a trade. Like as far as I don't, are you talking scheme or are you talking the performance level scheme scheme? Do you think um, Brendan will change if this th- doesn't get better? I think you, ha- I think it would have to change a little bit and we've seen him change it. Some, it's not like he's done the exact same thing. You know, we saw them make adjustments. Yes. We see him, we see him go to the zone and do stuff like that. That just stuff that bud would not do, you know, again, that's just not something Bud would ever do. So, I do think it would have to be changed a little bit. I don't know if it would be changed, you know, to the point people want. I don't know if it would be totally overhauled or anything like that, but I would have to think it changes a little bit if it continues like this, like, because if you keep looking up and you're like, okay, we're still 20th in defense. Like you'd have to think that at some point you're like, okay, you know, it's been half the season. We're still 20th in defense. We got to change some things. We got to tweak some things Um, or, you know, again, get, get better personnel in here and see how that works. And if that's still not working, then you definitely have to change some things. So, 
yeah, I'd have to think that if it continues like this, naturally you have to think that it's going to change because the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, you would think that they'd be like, hey, let's let's change up some things. But we also thought the same thing when you watched Jimmy Butler torch Drew Holiday all playoffs. You would expect that a team would naturally change that that matchup, and the Bucks did not. So we, you never know. Coaches sometimes can do dumb things. All right, you can just look up uh, insanity in the dictionary and find a picture of Jill Berry. And you'll see exactly yeah. what you're talking about. All right, uh, I'll take a quick time. I'll come back on the other side. Talk about these early All Star voting numbers uh, in and see if uh, these make any sense or if the fans have managed to screw it up yet again on the first uh, fan balloting that's come. And he is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter, Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Check out my latest interviews, one on one interviews I've done up at 1250amthefan.com. Download this uh, fine, fine podcast on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at. And, of course, you can stream us live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page when we do these bad boys. uh, Or also go back and watch them on YouTube at a later date. Tell your friends, tell your family members. Follow, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, all that fun stuff. Back after this. Back on the Great and Growing Podcast, the Sparky Fiverr with you, along with Nathan Marzian. Bucks get a win over the San Antonio Spurs. Giannis with a big night. Him and Wembenyama duel it out at the end. Giannis with a couple of big threes. Wembenyama with a big block on Giannis. All that fun stuff, and the Bucks figure out a way to win that game. We talked about that in the first segment for about the first 15, 20 minutes of the podcast. The second segment, we got in talking about the Bucks and Pacers and what that thing has looked like. Uh, and now here in the last segment, we're talking about these early all-star voting results. Uh, that have come in. To nobody's surprise, Nathan, uh, follow Nathan Marzian at Nathan Marzian on Twitter. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Uh, Giannis, uh, number one in front court votes, 2.1 million. Joel Embiid, 1.8 million. Then Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Mikel Bridges, Porzingis. They have three Celtics players in the top eight in voting. Kyle Kuzma uh, and Paolo Bencaro uh, at 10. Anything stand out or surprise you in the front court for the Eastern Conference, Marzian? Um, I think Jimmy Butler is a little surprising with how high he is because he's missed some time, right? He's been he's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's battling injuries. Jimmy's missed some time. Um, I mean, Kuzma puts up numbers on a on a bad team, but that, I mean, I guess if you want to go by just numbers, I think he's averaging like twenty something points, and so. I understand a little bit why he's on there, but as far as like a winning type of player, no, he's not. A, he's not a guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very cool to see Giannis number one overall in in the uh, in the voting, like over LeBron James, which has not happened before. So that's that's pretty cool to see. Other than that, I don't really have early much. Two, uh, guards in the Eastern Conference: Tyrese Halliburton and Damian Lillard. One two. Uh, Lillard at 955,000 and second in front of Trey Young at 873. Then Donovan Mitchell at 624. Tyrese Maxey fifth at 480,000. Then Brunson, uh, LaMelo Ball, Derek White, DeMar DeRozan, and Drew Holiday for the Celtics 10th. Those Boston fans vote, obviously. Uh, I I am surprised that Tyrese Maxey is fifth. I'll be honest. Uh, Of that top five, I thought Maxey would get more love uh, and be higher kind of up just because of all the love that dude gets nationally about how well he's been playing this year, Nathan. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were going to say you thought he'd be lower. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I I think he could be definitely above Donovan Mitchell, possibly above Trey Young, but Trey Young is averaging like 30. So I gotta, I'm not, I'm not super surprised that, you know, obviously Dame is the bigger name. He's going to get a bunch of love. Tyrese is having the great year. He's going to be up there. 
I think I think it's pretty accurate. Other than Maxi could be like a spot or two higher. Um, I don't. I mean, to me, I mean, he's not even close. I mean, look at look at the numbers. He's a hundred and forty thousand votes behind Donovan Mitchell in fourth. A hundred and forty thousand. He's doubled almost. Double, well, not doubled, but he's four hundred thousand votes behind Trey Young in third. I mean, it's it's not even close. He doesn't even have a half a million votes. And Philadelphia is not a small market. I mean. I'm not talking about Milwaukee. Like, are they not watching 76ers basketball over there? And beat has 1.8 million, yet they don't vote for Tyrese Maxey. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't get it. 76ers fans need to help me out on what the hell is going on with that one. Uh, Western Conference, like uh, Nathan said, LeBron's got 2 million. Uh, he's about 100,000 uh, votes behind uh, Giannis overall. Kevin Durant, 1.8 million. Uh, the Joker, 1.6 million. Uh, then there's a big fall off. Then Anthony Davis at 988. Then it's Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Sanguine, uh, Wemin Yama in eighth, Holmgren, and Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I thought coming in, Wemin Yama would have way more of a fan vote, uh, similar to like what LeBron did his rookie year and so forth. With all the fanfare this dude had coming in, I thought he would have way more of an impact. But I think because his team sucks, and because now they're going to limit his minutes, I think that all plays into it, Nathan. Yeah, it definitely does. And I, I mean, I agree. I definitely expect him to be a little bit higher on here. You know, I'm surprised that Sengun has more votes than Wembenyama. Not that Sengun doesn't, you know, Sengun's been awesome this year, but a little bit awesome. surprising. Yep. Um, obviously, okay, yeah, Jokic deserves to be number one here, but I'm not. it's not surprising that he's not, given that it's LeBron and KD ahead of him. Um, other than that, Nothing, nothing too surprising here. Like Chet's getting some love. Um, you know, Paul George is a pretty big name. Kawhi's a big name. AD's a big name. So those guys, you all kind of just expect to be up there, and they've been playing pretty good. And lastly, the guards uh, in the Western Conference: Luca one point four, uh, Steph one point three, SGA nine hundred and sixty six thousand, Harden, Kyrie, Anthony Edwards. I thought he'd be way higher, two hundred eighty nine thousand only. Uh, John Morant. Again, he just started playing after the suspension. Uh, Darren Fox is having a great year, and he's been kind of forgotten about uh, in Sacramento. Clay Thompson uh, and Austin Reeves, intense. Get out of here. Uh, I, I, for me, I just thought SGA again. It's OKC. I get it. So he's stuck. But he's having a hell of a year. Oklahoma City's uh, playing really well right now, and uh, I, I thought he'd get more votes. Not saying that he deserves to start over Steph or Luka, but he's having a hell of a year right now. Oh, yeah. he He's been – I mean – and, and I think that this is definitely the, the the top three that I expected in that order. You know, I expected Luca to be number one, maybe Curry number one. It's close, but I expected those two to be neck and neck and then Shea a little bit behind him. But yeah, Shea's had an amazing season, so he definitely deserves a nod. You know, I it probably should be Shea and Luca in the backcourt for the for the for the all-star game, but or for to start. But I mean it's probably gonna go to Curry. And again, not that Curry's been bad by any means this year, but just I, I think Shea's been Golden so State good. Golden State been as good. Yeah, Golden State's not been good. Shea, Shea and Luca have just been, I think, a little bit better than him. But again, it's Curry. You kind of expect that he's going to have that that bump with how how well known he is. Um, I mean, Kyrie's been hurt, so that's a little I mean, he, him at five. But again, he's a big name. Yeah, definitely expected Anthony Edwards to get more love. He he seems. I mean, again, when you look at his numbers, it's nothing like insane. Um, for you know, for what they talk about with him, like as as far as him taking a huge leap and everything, but it's still they're very the good. Seed in the West, but they're the one seed in the West, and Carl Anthony Towns is tenth uh, in the front court in the West, and Alex and uh, what's it called? Anthony Edwards is sixth. I mean, 
My God, they're they're the one seed. They better get at least somebody on this damn All Star team, one way or the other. Oh, I mean, one of these two better make the damn team. They'll for sure get at least one guy in. Um, like Edwards is one hundred percent getting in. It's just a matter of he's probably you know, he's probably not going to start, but he'll he'll get in. And then yeah, Ja has been you know obviously suspended for most of the time. Clay Thompson is totally on there because of name recognition because he has not been that good this season. He's putting up like sixteen points on barely over forty percent shooting. So, and, you know, he doesn't do much as far as rebounds or assists. And then, yeah, I mean, Austin Reeves too, like that's a very surprising one because he hasn't been like, he's ended the season last year really well this year. He's been, you know, fine, like 15 a game, um, but just nothing that's uh, to me, all-star worthy or, or worthy of being, you know, up there with, with those guys, you know, again, the fact that that Austin Reeves is that close to, to Anthony Edwards to me is pretty crazy. Um you know, they are a hundred thousand off, but it's, it's, you know, not that much compared to how far off other ones are at the top. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's Lucas, Steph and Shea are definitely the clear top three in this. And then I would probably go Edwards number four. Um, and then maybe like Fox number five. Yep. I agree with you. He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Follow me uh, at Sparky radio Marzian. You got any travel plans for the weekend? Where are we going this weekend? What's the plans? What are we doing? Um, I don't have any travel plans this weekend. I don't think kind of chill weekend. Um, one of my friends is in town, so we're going to go out and have some drinks. And then, um, I'm trying to think next week, I'm going to the Bucks Celtics game and yeah. Ooh, good one. Oh, that'll yeah. be a good one. Yeah. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a lot of fun there. Uh, all right. He is Nathan Marzian, C Sparky Pfeiffer. Thanks for tuning in. Another edition of green and growing podcast, downloading your Odyssey app, where you download your favorite podcast at check us out on the Odyssey sports YouTube page as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good weekend. Go pack. Go. Cheers.